Hey, this is Joey Concepcion, and my new album, Divine Technical Machine, is out now. And you're listening to Signals from Mars. Welcome, one and all, to episode 340 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we have an interview with Joey Concepcion, guitarist for bands like Arch Enemy, Dark Tranquility, Jamie Josta's solo band, Josta, and a bunch of others. Yeah, he's filled in with some of those. Become a mainstay with Josta. Internet guitar sensation. Find out next. I'm ready. Let's do it. Before jumping on into the interview, I did want to remind you guys that you can go to signalsfrommars.com and find all the great ways that you can subscribe to the show, whether that's via the podcast, whether that's watch the live stream as it takes place, whether that's follow on social media and share with your friends if there are any episodes that you think are cool, any subjects that we touch upon during our hour one episodes. Maybe you don't agree and you want to call us a bunch of idiots or whatever. That's cool, too. We're all about quality music discussions, quality interviews, and hope that you guys enjoy this interview. And if you're new to the show, hopefully this interview is kind of the catalyst for you coming back. We also have the Patreon Signals from Mars. I should say patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars. There's links to that on the website as well. Again, just following the quality music discussions there. I post videos daily. If you don't know what new music is good, what old bands that you are into are putting out new music, join us on Patreon. I post at least three videos a day that you can check out, and you decide. You like it, don't like it. Uh, Decide whether it goes into one of our playlists or not. I also offer the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, which is behind-the-scenes information and uh, news and stuff like that that I discuss, talk about new releases as well. That also uh, opens the door to the patron specials where you help us vote to rank albums or subjects or years or just check out signalsfromars.com and you'll get a taste for all those types of episodes that we do with my patrons. I do want to thank you for listening to this show for this episode there is a video version of this interview with joey as well again signals from mars.com to find links to the youtube and everything else in any event thank you for listening and let's jump right on in with this interview with joey concepcion years you've been in a lot of different spots that would make musicians both envious and nervous you've played with dark tranquility arch enemy and justa amongst others um how do you 
affront these things? Does it get you nervous or is it just another gig for you? Uh, I think I'm always nervous, but like, it's like (laughs) you go through it and like, it gets easier each time. Right. But yeah, it was dream come true. Those experiences. Right. I mean, it's easier for, it's easy for people to just say, Oh, those are just metal bands, but you have to prepare differently for each one of these situations. Cause for example, those three bands, neither one of them are alike. Sure. They're metal, but Mm -hmm. what arch enemy does isn't the same as what Josta does solo, uh, or what dark tranquility does. I mean, those arch enemy and dark tranquility are probably closer, but Uh each one is their own beast. Yeah. I have a lot of different tastes in music and, yeah, with with knowing Josta and Hatebreed, like uh, I discovered them in like 2002, and like at that time he was doing Headbangers Ball, and even Arch right. Enemy was being played on on those videos, and that's like it, it started from all the way there, like Headbangers Ball two edition. <laughs> right, and and how do you get into these spots where you're considered for these for these positions? Um, is it through a specific band? Is it from releasing a specific album, knowing people? How, how do you get these doors opened? I, I just have just been posting on social media for a very long time. And like people find me on like all these platforms and like ask me to like fill in for their band or something or play a guest solo or something. And it just like kept going. Oh, wow. Cool. For a long time. Yeah. Has there ever been a spot like this where you've tried and haven't gotten the gig? In ways, yeah. Well, I, I auditioned for Machine Head, actually. Okay. And that was amazing. Um, it was with Carlos Cruz from Warbringer. Right. Yeah. And um, it, it was pretty close. But okay. I the the next thing that I heard after that, like um, Vogue from Decapitated got it, and yeah. he's also one of my favorite guitarists too. So I'm I'm glad he's in there. Yeah. Okay. And what did you do? Just have to jam with Carlos to see if you were good for the spot, or did I? We played like um, well. It started off like as a process, and like. Um, just knowing people you know i got the audition and and i just submitted like a few videos that they they had chosen to practice with an audition and then they flew me out after those were passed through and i like i like was only there for like literally a day and a half or so like i flew out to the bay area and then yeah, we like jammed. I I got to play with Rob Flynn and Jared McEachern and, yeah. and, and Carlos Cruz. So I I got to play with the whole band, and we it was inc- it was incredible. So it was just like it was just a good time. We 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 jammed on like some Metallica riffs too, and just had fun. And it was just like it was kind of chill. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, it's, it seems as if when you hear about people trying for bands of that magnitude, uh, and obviously you would know this better th- better than I would because you were part of that process and you've been with, you know, you've 
filled in with these other bands. But it always seems like with these bigger bands, they don't only want you to know their stuff. You know, hey, how chill is this guy? Does he know this song? Does he know that song? You know, let's let's see how far we can push this and see if it's going to be a fit all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you take away from from this stuff, though? I mean, is it all just a learning experience for you uh, with going into any one of these bands or doing this, you know, trying out for Machine Head? What in your mind? What, what do you, you know, what do you take away from the entire process? Um. It's all kind of like a learning experience because, like, each time you come in as like a hired gun, right? Like, it's still kind of like being like the help in a way, and like you just got to be like really respectful and you know follow rules. And and everybody's different, and you have to like live with people that you don't know. (laughs) So um, you just like you know get to know each other real fast, and like over time, it just like. I got more keen to like routines that go on, you know, in these yeah. things. And, and, uh, yeah, I just like, I, I, it's, it's just a lot of fun and I just love what I do, you know? Yeah. Cool. Um, you just released solo album number two, as we mentioned initially, divine technical machine, was there anything specific you wanted to do on this album that maybe you hadn't done on the first one? I think like my main focus actually was to like write shorter songs that had like a little bit more interesting things going on. Like I thought that the first album was like a little bit too riffy and like it were a little longer songs. Like I was a little younger and like, I just wanted to develop my songwriting you know, and make stuff that was like, you know, anywhere from like three to five minutes long at most and just like write these like more structured, like, like, you know, like almost like a pop song would be. But then like, you know, there's some, there is some like almost like proggier interesting parts, you know, that like change up a bit and it's like, they just like, you know, it just came together. I wanted to like, me and my producer, we just call it candy. You know, we just fill in the gaps with, with the guitar solos. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I want to do a little bit more intense solos on this one and, like, you know, like, give it my all. Gotcha. Okay. And um, how long were these songs around? I mean are these riffs that you've had lying around since your previous solo album? Are these things you just wrote? How long was the entire process? So like after the first solo album I did, like I immediately started writing like the second, like got released. Like I was like, all right, ready to have number two in the, you know, ready to go. And I just like, you know, would just sit at home at night after work. And I just like, write riffs you know and it it ended up you know taking a lot longer than i thought and then you know it, it was it ended up being almost like a five-year process and then the the pandemic happened yeah. and then like it kind of made things more crazy but then you know it enabled me to like like i actually cut a lot of songs off too because oh, wow. I, I wrote even more like at least like 
maybe even 18 songs for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just like chose the best ones and I really like tried to like, you know, trim the fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's two tracks that have vocals on them. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go about choosing what songs got vocals and, and which didn't? Is there a specific way that you go about doing that or did it just feel right that those songs needed some sort yeah. of singing on them? Yeah, some of the songs, like, it's hard to know whether it's going to be an instrumental or vocal song, but like I could tell over time that like I couldn't I don't know, the the riff behind it was more like groove based and I felt like right. it needed vocals rather than like something busy and more artsy or whatever. But yeah, I just felt like the vibe was like, I, I couldn't do like a melody line over it. So I was like, okay, yeah, this has to have vocals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so you're saying that you kind of purposely did that though, based on what you'd done with your previous album, whether it's, you know, cutting the stuff down or whether adding vocals to certain things that, I mean, there were things that you took away from there that you had done that you didn't want to repeat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought that like, yeah, be- between the contrast of my first solo album and my new one. Um, yeah. I just, I almost felt like I held back a little bit too much on my first album and went more melody. And like, I don't know, I wanted to like fuse both of that, like evolve from it and like make it you know kind of new and different on this new album okay and you've got three big name guitarists on here obviously jeff loomis and uh christopher omat as well as mark rizzo why did you want to work with these three specifically um they're just good friends of mine and um like i i I couldn't ask for you know better and uh, i'm just really lucky that they agreed to do it and I wanted to like, you know, I actually had guests lined up for the almost all the songs on this album, but you know, through the the pandemic, you know, some some things like got like didn't happen. But but yeah, it's totally totally cool. But I wanted to like again like make something, you know, like it's like a guitar party mm-hmm. compared to my first album. So like I just got a little help from my friends, you know. Gotcha. Did you have to provide them with any sort of direction? You know, I want you to play something like this or, you know. I definitely, like, I wrote, like, for their parts to be, yeah, I was, like, I felt like, you know, for Jeff and Chris and Mark, like, I just tried to make something that I thought was in, in their vein, you know. Okay, yeah. After receiving what they had recorded, did you feel at any point that maybe you had to up your game with any of the tracks and have to re-record things? A little bit, but I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't do too much, you know. I just like, I, I'm, I'm really happy with all they did, you know. Like it, it's exciting, you know, to, to you know, not just be the only guitar player on the album because yeah. like I just like different sounds and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Was there anyone? Well, you just mentioned that um, you had some other people lined up, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, okay. Any names that you can mention, or you'd rather not? 
I don't know if I'd be allowed to. So okay, I'll just cool. get yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to get you into trouble. Uh, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, at this stage of the game, are you intimidated by any other guitars? Like, if you were to have anyone else on here, or maybe even if you were asked to uh, fill in for for anyone, would it make you like overly nervous that you think you wouldn't be able to pull it off? Or at this point in time, you're not intimidated. You're nervous, but you're not intimidated. I mean, what do you mean if like a new a, an artist I haven't worked with like asked me right now to work with them? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it depends. Like, I have to be really passionate about what I do and like love the band and the artists. Like, I've had a lot of experiences that like when I was younger, like I wanted to get my foot in the door and like I helped bands temporarily, but like I really want to do it for the passion, you know. Gotcha. So I, I gotta love what I do. Gotcha. What would be a a dream guest spot where a band says, "Hey, you know what? We need someone to fill in on this tour. Could you come out and do it?" I like a lot of bands. There's so many. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, All right. I guess Give me three bands. Three bands. Maybe, that... maybe like Testament or something. Okay. Um, soil work. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't even know. Okay. Those are two uh, um, good choices, though. Yeah. W- would Would it be easier for you to slip into the uh, Skullnik role or? Or Eric Peterson role. I love Skullnick, so yeah, probably him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, going back to to the album, uh, did did you guys play? You and the producer, did you guys play and and program all the music on the album, or did you have any other people come in and do drums and bass on it? Yeah, my my friend Jeremy Kling. Uh, he's a bandmate of mine also in, in the band The Absence. Okay. Uh, Tampa based Florida Death Metal. And um yeah, he he did the drums for the album and um just sent the files to me and I, I mixed it here in Connecticut. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was just kinda like he did like his own thing and like just shredded on it and like I just came I got the files and then I edited it a bit with my stuff and he's incredible drummer. So like, it's really cool to be on an album with him and also him as well. I, I want people to see how good he is and (laughs) hear his work too. Okay, cool. Uh, I have some questions here that were submitted by some of my listeners. I had one person ask, uh, who some of your guitar heroes are? You just mentioned Alex Skolnick. Is there anyone else that jumps to mind real quickly? I uh, I, I guess like I I I always say this that like probably Paul Gilbert is my favorite guitar player because like there's so many guitar players like there's not like many that could pick one but I always like Paul Gilbert. He's yeah. he's the best and um, obviously Ingve and Vi like those three are like the godfathers for me or something um even you know 
Chris and Jeff Loomis and uh, I mean there's so many guitar players of the generation that I really like you know even from the 80s and 90s but you know like John Petrucci and um, Mm -hmm. Jason Decker, Marty Friedman and I like Greg Howe okay um yeah there's so many i take influence from a lot of different guys and i just try to like you know steal their licks (laughs) and make it my own gotcha okay um another question that a listener sent in and it is uh what are some of the guitars that you own all jackson okay yeah I'm a huge Jackson fan, and I play their soloist, Stinky. I have a Jackson Warrior. Um, I have a few Fender Strats, you know, and Charvel. So, yeah, Jack- Jacksons are my main guitars. Okay. I was about to say, I, I picked <laughs> the wrong guitar to put behind me because I do have two... Uh... <laughs> Paul Gilbert fireman. And then I'm glad that you mentioned Jackson because right over the uh, Scotty and JJ four from mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So that's a Jackson. Um, believe me, I play nowhere near as good as you or Scotty. In, so um, <laughs> is there any guitar that you don't own that you'd love to own? Just more Jacksons in all forms, <laughs> colors, uh, shapes. Uh, I love it. Um, but yeah, like the soloist is probably like the guitar for me. Okay. Cool. And where should people go to pick up Divine Technical Machines to, or Divine Technical Machines, singular, not plural, um, to ensure that the most amount of money gets in your pocket? Uh, I would say maybe Bandcamp. I think that the the link is just bandcamp dot uh, com slash Joey Concepcion or Joey Concepcion guitar. But even if you just Google it, Bandcamp okay. is great. Okay, cool. And we have uh, Bandcamp Friday coming up, so that'll help you out. I'm even glad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, where should people go to keep up with what you have going on? I'm really active, like, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not, like, huge into social media, honestly. (laughs) But I just got, like, a TikTok, and I'm trying to, like, ease my way in there. But, like, you know, I just do, like, some guitar videos, and I just share, you know, stuff like this, the interviews and videos on my Instagram and Facebook. Hey, this is Joey Concepcion. And my new album, Divine Technical Machine, is out now. And you're listening to Signals from Mars. Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 